Welcome to the Curious and Connected podcast, where we hope to connect students in our EDD program and beyond to foster a sense of community. My name's Leah, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Monica here. Hello. And today, our guest of honor is Chrissy Keck. Chrissy, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. So our first question, we just want you to tell us about you. So whatever kind of comes to mind, personal, professional, education, whatever you'd like to share with us. Yeah, cool. Um, I think I've done this like a million times in my life at this point. But um, yeah, so I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I'm the youngest of five overachieving children is what I like to say. Um, And from there, I went to school um, in upstate New York um, at the University of Rochester, um, where I played college soccer, um, ended up tearing both my ACLs in the first two years, and then ended up um, playing my last two years. Um, It had a really like deep connection to uh, my alma mater at Rochester. Um, From there, on a whim, like a literal whim, I applied to Teach for America. I had no interest in teaching. My mother and my grandmother and my grandfather are teachers. I had no interest in doing it. Um, Someone convinced me to apply, applied, got in, um, was debating on going into teaching or going to grad school in London, I chose to move to Mississippi and start teaching high school biology, um, which was my worst class I ever took in high school. Um, So I started um, teaching in the uh, Mississippi Delta initially, and then for my training and then went to Jackson, Um, absolutely fell in love with education um, there. Um, After my two years, I was like, I want to be a better teacher. And I knew probably staying in the state of Mississippi, it was not going to, I wasn't going to get the coaching I needed. Um, So applied to a bunch of charter schools, ended up at KIPP DC, um, becoming a special education teacher. I was a high school teacher to start out with, um, high school science specifically. Very interesting concept to teach um, in the Deep South. (laughs) Um, So, and then I moved up and was a high school special education science teacher uh, at KIPP DC, um, where I really learned how to teach, um, but realized I didn't really have a great work-life balance. Um, I was running myself ragged um, and was trying to focus on my mental health. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to move to Colorado, wherever it seems like real happy. Um, And so I just upped and moved to Colorado and worked in elementary school as a founding interventionist. Um, So I helped found a third campus of a charter school out there. Um, And learned to teach kids how to read. Um, And I was like, okay, here we go. Um, Then I decided, okay, I want an opportunity to be assistant principal, became an assistant principal at a high school in Denver, um, and then moved to Atlanta um, four years ago um, to help found an elementary school um, called Ethos Classical. And for the last, well, was it three or four? I can't even remember. Uh, the last uh, three years, it was three years. That's what I was doing. And then I got an opportunity to become a principal actually through somebody within our program um, to help a private um, school that needed a turnaround. Um, and so for the last year, I have uh, been doing, had an adventure of turning around a private elementary school where we increased our um scholar enrollment by 50%, um, decreased our attrition by 40%, um, hired an entirely new staff of teachers because they quit, and then um, retained all of our staff except for one because she was moving. Um, and that's been my life. Um, during that time, I also got my master's from Columbia University at Teachers College and then started at Vanderbilt um, a little over a year ago. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's really a lot. Very rich work experience, I guess we could say. 
So with all that stuff going on, how do you maintain balance, especially like with Vanderbilt coursework on top of all of that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I also like do code with classy. If you guys have ever heard of that, it's like coding camps oh, for girls. So I'm just learning how to code <laughs> casually right now. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, it is. Um, I think educators in general, like it is a very hard um, thing to prioritize is balance. And I think I've had so many ebbs and flows with it. Sometimes I'm like fantastic at taking care of myself. Sometimes I'm terrible at taking care of myself. Um, but for the last like year, um, I've been very intentional around it. So every month or twice a month, I get a facial. It's part of my routine and I go and do it. Um, I have a massage. Um, I run marathons too. You know, that's a stress reliever, I guess. Uh, um, so I run a lot. Um, I read a lot. So I think it's just like being really intentional around my time. Um, I go to therapy, which I think is investing in myself. Um, and so I spend a lot of like intentional time, just really like, this is my time to myself. Uh, this is what I'm going to do in two weeks to make sure that I am keeping my tank full, um, as opposed to just pouring from an empty cup. So. Yeah. I think that's super important. I love the facials commitment for sure. <laughs> two times a two times a month. That's that's amazing. Uh so kind of switching gears a little bit from being um productive for ourselves and filling our own cups to more of a thinking more on like the Vanderbilt lens. Um, can you talk about a topic that's spoken to you in the course context so far? And I've I saw in your intro you mentioned learning and designing context. So maybe something around that in terms of your either your current role or how you might foresee using some of that in your future. Yeah, so that class hit at a very, very um, like perfect time for me um, in like my trajectory as a leader. So when I was doing it, I was started. I think we started in January. Yep. It's been a long year, uh, but we uh, started in January and the like observing like classrooms and interviewing teachers. Um, it was it was fascinating to see that the work that I had done from like six months earlier and how that has lived out within the community and like these like intentional moves that um, myself as a leader had to um, like think up because like when I tell you the school, there was nothing. There's it was literally just like. A bunch of TVs and classrooms. So, like going from changing curriculum to hiring new teachers to um, getting like paper for the school um, to technology, like these are all things that I had to go through. And I think uh, LND was really helpful because I, I think it it pushed me out to be like, okay, what systems and structures that we had put in place actually work for kids? Because when you're in a when you're in a turnaround school, you have kids coming in. Like we enrolled a preschooler, like last week, you know, there's three weeks of school left. People just come in. They're like, you got to keep bringing them in. So being able to like step back, um, and see like, are these structures actually working? Um, is my staff happy? So like I set myself with like three big goals of this year is like rebuild trust with families. Cause it was completely deteriorated, um, create an environment where people feel like they can actually come to work and not be miserable, um, and to be treated as individuals and human beings. Um, really novel concept in education um and like re and have kids learn were like those big three buckets and like this class specifically i like was able to step back i was like was i hitting these different spaces from my stakeholders like from my teachers parents uh the kids and how like are they actually learning right or like how do these kids come into our building when they're new and how does this environment is either conducive to learning or it's 
not conducive to learning. So it, it really helped me a lot and kind of was able to see, okay, as I continue to become a leader, as I continue in my journey of being a leader, how do I take what I learned from this class um, and what I observed within my own school and take it moving forward? Because um, my eventual goal is to start my own public charter school. So that is like a really um, like helpful class that I really enjoyed um, and was very aligned to like a lot of the Teach for America stuff that I've done in the past. So it was like kind of like, great. Here's what I did for the last six months. Cool. Maybe it worked. Maybe it didn't, but it was a, it was a pretty big gut check when you're the person doing all of it and you're like, Ooh, so <laughs> that's awesome. I also love, so now we're kind of like in different places in the program a little bit. So Monica and I are like two classes ahead, but I feel like you will love your design for learning and communities class next semester, which is what Monica and I just finished up, which follows up the one that you were just talking about, because I feel like it is very applicable in your context. It will also help with a lot of that planning because we talk about like, like you talked about rebuilding trust with families and there's like a lot of reading and conversation around like funds of knowledge in viewing knowledge in different communities, like in different ways and kind of building trust with families and students. And then also just from that to the design of like physical spaces, I feel like it's going to be a great continuation. I know they plan this curriculum very intentionally, but it feels like it's going to flow really nicely for like your context too. So very exciting. Yes. Yes. I I saw the book. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll be cool with this. I haven't dropped the readings until tomorrow. I was like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. I'm excited. Yeah. Take a brain break. Don't look at it quite yet. You got another week or so before classes start again, but yeah. um, Novel idea, brain breaks. Uh, we try our best, but, (laughs) um, so obviously you've talked about many things already that you could answer this next question with, but tell us about an accomplishment you're super proud of. So obviously between like the work that you've done in the past year, turning around the charter school you've been working with, you also casually dropped that you run marathons. Like there's just a lot that you can talk about. So tell us something, um, anything personal, professional, whatever you want to share, um, that you're super proud of. Uh, I could talk about a couple of things. Uh, so one is I did run a half marathon and a marathon in 24 hours uh, in in January um, to raise money for St. Jude. I'm doing it again to raise money for autism awareness. Um, shameless plug. Um, but um, I, I do it. Um, so I did that. And that was like a pretty big feat. And that was pretty cool. And I was like, yeah. I ran a lot of half marathons in the fall, like ran like 10 and just like kept running them every weekend. Um, but it, it was in great shape. So it was fantastic. Um, no, but I think, I think something really personal to me, um, I struggled a lot with my mental health very early on in my career and, um, and, you know, hit some like low, low lows. Um, and I am proud of myself for being able to like build a life where I, um, have put in practices where I can be mentally healthy and, like understand like my triggers and different pieces like that and also be an advocate uh, upon like therapy and like mental health and all these different things um I think educators I'm not gonna say more than anyone else but like you go through so much like emotional like roller coasters all the time and I don't think people talk about mental health enough um within those communities it's been more prevalent in the last couple of years since COVID, but, um, a lot of my stuff was happening before then and, um, being able to kind of, um, come out on the other side and it's, and it's, it's a very personal journey, um, to navigate through anxiety and depression. Um, and it can feel very lonely. Um, but something I'm just like really proud of is like getting to the other side of it and being able to be, uh, the person that I am today, um, because of that and being able to really like 
talk about it without any stigmatization. Like I was like, everyone should go to therapy in like a large public place. And people just like, look at me. I'm like, stop stigmatizing it. Um, But it's, it's that piece that I have been able to kind of go through that on my own um, from dealing with perfectionism to like everything in between. Um, And I'm just like really proud of that journey for myself. And is it always perfect? Gosh, no. Uh, But being able to like notice that about myself and be like, yep, it's time to take a break um, and uh, refill my cup and be mentally healthy, whether that means saying no to things or (laughs) uh, which is very difficult um, or just taking time away to do the things that I generally care about. So. Thanks for sharing all that. I think that's um, very important for all of us to keep in mind. Mental health is certainly a priority. So um, just to switch gears a little bit here, I guess you already started talking about this a bit, but um, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years after completing this program? This could be um, professionally, personally, whatever you'd like to share for this. Ah, so (laughs) personally, I don't know. Um, No, is this married? I don't know. Uh, Wherever life takes me. Um, No, I think professionally, uh, what I want to do is uh, start my own public charter school. That's been my goal for many years. Um, I want it to be able to um, do, do, do what's right by kids. I think my passion is like, I care about kids very deeply. And I think when, um, that people aren't necessarily aligned with that. It frustrates me of like, you make, you make decisions based on what's going to be best for kids. And I want to be able to found a school that is representative of the community that um, is in, Um, not just like a, let's drop a random uh, charter school in a space, which is a lot of what charter schools used to be, Um, but being representative of the community um, and just being able to see what we do um, within our school to be able to be um, supportive of kids and have it be sustainable. I don't think I have a goal of being like, I want to have 700 charter schools. Like, no, I just want to do it well um, and be able to have the school do its right by kids. Um, and in probably 10 years, just have one school that's open and make sure that it continues to be strong um, and supports the community and the kids in that community. Yeah, that's an awesome mission. Is there a specific uh, either location or community that really speaks to you? Yeah. um, So the school I helped found, um, the elementary school I've helped found in uh, South Fulton um, in Georgia, I want to do a middle to high school. Um, I got really close with the families there because like I, I was like putting together furniture like a week before school started. Like It's like how like grassroots we were there. Like I built our special education program our MTSS program, our coding program, our Spanish program, like you name it. I was, there's my, my heart was uh, definitely in that school. And I know the parents, as our kids were leaving, we had fifth graders and they, um, they were like, we don't know where to take them to school. So we, I want to create a filter and I still, I still do work for my old school. Um, so I still do a lot of things to support them um, and to continue building their programming. Um, so I want to do it in that space. Um, I have a lot, of, a lot of connections within that space. I run a marathon out there too, every year. <laughs> and they do like work with the, with the community, uh, but it's a space it's um, within Georgia. So like uh, Fulton County in Georgia is like has some of the biggest disparities in uh, household incomes in the country. Um, so it has the richest part of Atlanta and the poorest part of Atlanta. So creating a space in there where the kids that I worked with for the last three years can go into a, a middle school with where where they can flourish just like they did in our elementary school. So yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. And then would the charter school be uh, strictly for students with special needs or are you thinking about Oh, all no, no. pieces? It would be all kids. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty tricky. So like in my master's at Columbia, like we, I went through a new school design, I literally wrote a charter for, for like my final project. So you go through that whole process of like, how do you get money? How do you do this? How do you do all these different things? Um, but yeah, it would just be a like a, a school, like for all kids, um, just lottery based. So, yeah. All right. I love it. Well, anyone listening who wants to buy or fund a charter school, the plan's already made. <laughs> I've already oh. written the plan, actually. It's, it's yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, pl the plan's already been approved and graded by Vanderbilt University's uh, professorate. So <laughs> shameless look for all things. Uh, well, wrapping up our final question, uh, what does leadership mean to you? Whoo. Um, so I uh, Leadership. So I think about, I, I, I read a, a book every week for two years during my master's, you know, just casual weird things that I do. But, um, and I read every single one of Brene Brown and Simon Sinek's books um, and learned a lot through that. But I think um, the dare, the daring greatly um, quote, if you guys know it, it's a Teddy Roosevelt, a theater. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt quote. And, it's this like very long quote and it, it's actually up in my office um, to remind myself, but it's the con the gist of it is like, to be a leader, you, you have to like be able to like be face down in the arena and be being able to get back up. Um, and I think that's like, for me, like the last year, like I've been face down in the arena and being like, okay, it's time to like get back up and try again. Um, but really my role as a leader is, to empower others around me. Um, I've been very lucky with, in my school, I have a staff of eight teachers, you know, started with one July 5th um, and now we have eight or eight staff members, I should say. Um, but I think for my leadership for them um, is empowering them towards their goals, right? Like they, some of them want to be teachers for their stories, some of them do not. And I'm like, how do I help you and support you? We've had, um, I've helped one of my teachers with school. I had another teacher of mine went back to school because of, um, I talked to her about it. I was like, is this what you want to do? She said, yeah. So I helped her through the whole process of going back to school. She started back. And then one of my third teachers wants to get her doctorate. Um, and then another one of my teachers wants to go back to school so she um, can get her bachelor's because there's a little bit um, with pre-K, you don't necessarily have to have a bachelor's degree. You just have to have, to have cer certain certifications. And I think I'm proud of that to be able to like, allow people to continue to um, pursue their dreams. And I mean, I'm only as successful as my team is. Um, and so leadership is really just like empowering others to be the best person that they can be um, and supporting them through that journey, so. I love that. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, and thank you so much for joining us today. That was our last question for you. Um, so big shout out to Chrissy for coming to chat with us today. Um, and to anyone listening, we hope you'll join us for our next episode of Curious and Connected.